Hello everybody and welcome to A Spot of Tea. I apologize in advance for my voice. I am recovering from being sick, so oops. But maybe that's a good thing because today the tea of the day is chamomile tea. Another old but a goodie tea. Chamomile tea has been around for centuries. The first known usage of camel tea is in Egypt and ancient Rome. In Egypt, the tea was used as a cold re remedy that is still sometimes used today. The Romans used tea for a similar purpose, but also used it for sleep induction. Unlike Earl Grey, chamomile tea is pretty solid in its introduction into the world. There are a variety of different types of chamomile tea, but we mostly use two versions, Roman and German. <coughs> Roman chamomile is native to Europe, North Africa, and some parts of Asia. The two species look very similar, but the Roman species are perennial, meaning they remain in the winter, while the German species are annual, meaning they have to be replanted every year. Another vital difference is the taste. Roman species tend to be more bitter, especially in tea, while the German species tend to be sweeter. The German species is also used less since it doesn't grow very many places, and it can be pretty hard to find. What about benefits? The Egyptians and the Romans seemed to hold chamomile tea in high regards. So let's talk about those benefits. The tea has connections to helping antioxidants, antiviral, antimicrobial, antibacterial, and anti-inflammatory substances, which means it's calming not only for your mental state, but also for your body physically. If chamomile is known for anything, it's relaxing properties which is certainly important, but some of the lesser-known benefits include speed wound healing, reduce muscle spasms, alleviates hemorrhoids, reduces depression, and provides antibacterial support. So grab yourself a fine worn cup of chamomile tea and relax. While I talk about the show of the week, Teen Wolf. So what is Teen Wolf? Teen Wolf follows the town of Beacon Hills, more specifically Scott McCall but it mainly takes place in Beacon Hills. The show follows Scott McCall as he tries to figure out being a werewolf in high school and being a teenager. Now, I have some interesting opinions on this show. I think I like this show as a teenager, but I also think that the show could use help. There are certain aspects of this show that certainly need to be fixed up, but it's a good show all in all. And, being honest, it's one of the few shows about werewolves and supernatural phenomenon that I've actually enjoyed. I'm pretty picky about my shows and movies, so Teen Wolf was pretty good. And now let's talk about some characters. The main character, of course, is Scott McCall, and his first season is a great start to a character. But he's too innocent and naive later. And it becomes pretty old as he keeps making these choices that are downright stupid all because he's innocent and naive and he can be a little bit of a jerk when he's dealing with certain characters particularly his best friend style Stalinsky who throughout the show is proven to be intelligent he's still a teenager but he's intelligent and he's able to figure things out he also tends to be right about people, and so Scott never seems to take his advice. And a lot of 
plot points in this show are brought out and then never dealt with. One example is Styles is a spark. One episode, maybe two, never talked about again. It's almost as if that plot point was unimportant, but it seemed like it was important at the time. I just wish they'd gone more into it or at least given it a satisfying conclusion instead of just dropping the plot point because it wasn't important anymore. Next, we have Lydia Martin. Lydia was one of the few characters that I think really needed more. She was supposed to be compelling. She was supposed to be this pretty but also intelligent lady, and we never got that. She felt too cardboardy, and there was nothing setting her apart from honestly any character. She didn't have anything that made her special other than her supernaturalness, which in a show that is about supernatural, that doesn't really set you apart. And unfortunately, it shouldn't be that your the whole point of your specialness or your character and personality comes from, oh, I'm a banshee. I scream at death. And so I felt like that was a bit lazy writing. But all in all, she was a little too cardboardish. Next, we have Allison Argent. Argent, the first season. You'll hear that this first season, a little bit more about my opinions and first of the first season. The first season was, the first season, Allison, wasn't all that much. Again, like Lydia, there was nothing to set her apart. But as the seasons went on, she grew more compelling. And I really enjoyed her in later seasons in the show. <clears throat> I do wish that they had done more with her. I do feel like with a lot of these characters, they tend to just drop certain characters and never talk about them again, which is kind of annoying, as I've said before. Next, we have Derek Hale. I don't know how I feel about Derek. I think at times he felt like a literal plot device, and other times it felt like he just didn't have any personality for me to be like, oh yeah, he's a good character. And so I just wish there was more done with his character. I know that there's not much to do with the brooding sour wolf. Um, it just, it felt like lazy writing, how they dealt with Derek. Next we have Malia who I honestly think was meant to be the love interest. She has points in the show where she's important, but all in all, it felt like she was introduced and maintained because of a love interest. And I'll talk about in each of the seasons how some of the more like in-depth characters and how those kind of play out. And so I have a little bit to say about Malia later in season three specifically but then we have peter hale who unpopular opinion is the best character i know it's a lot of people who like teen wolf are gonna say how can you say peter hale's the best character what about styles i think peter hale is the best character because of how he's played yes styles is an amazing character Dylan O'Brien did an amazing job playing him, but Peter Hale, there wasn't a lot there to do with him after. They wrote him in a way that was both lazy and clever. Lazy in that they could have made him a good guy. 
they could have made him less morally gray. But they didn't. But that doesn't matter to me because it's kind of interesting to see a morally gray character on the good guys team. And so that kind of makes him interesting to me because I like characters who are different from the normal route. I like it when a character is not stereotypical in what you would expect from that particular genre. So I think Peter was an interesting character. Next we have Isaac Leahy. He was a character. Being honest, he kind of didn't make an impression on me. Unlike Lydia, who was a banshee, who at least made an impression, I could tell where they were trying to go. Isaac, it felt like they really didn't know what to do with him. Because on the one hand, he's kind of a jerk, but at the same time, he seems to care about the about everyone. And on the other hand, oh dear. On the other hand, he's kind of anxious all the time, but at the same time, he's also confident. It just felt like they didn't know what they were doing, and so they just kind of were like, oh, let's put as many charming characteristics as we can. And so he just didn't make much of an impression on me personally. I know people who think he's the best character in this show. Personally, I think they could have done better if they wanted to make a character who was a victim of abuse and who's getting over it or not getting over it, who's rising above it. That's the better word. But still, it felt like they could have done more but decided not to. With a lot of these characters, that seems to be the theme here. Last week, the theme was arrogance. This week, the theme is lazy writing. Next, we have Ericon Boyd. Now, I put these two together because they're kind of a package deal. If you talk about Erica, you have to at some point mention Boyd. And if you talk about Boyd, you have to somehow mention Erica. Even though they're not in as many seasons, um, they, they're only in the one season, I think. And so it feels like you have to talk about them both. So Erica and Boyd were introduced through the show to be a part of Derek Hale's pack. And I'll talk about season two and how that plays out. But they were meant to be kind of a pack, like a pair. And so the show didn't do a great job of signifying that. I never felt like they were true pair. And I wish they had because that would have been really cool to see two wolves being boyfriend and girlfriend. I don't know if I want to phrase it that way, but that's the only way I can think of phrasing it. And so, again, lazy writing is the theme of the day. But they were still great characters. Erica is sweet when she wants to be. She's also a little passionate about certain things. Boyd is also sweet. Um, he was kind of unremarkable to me. He kind of reminded me of, um, like, one of those characters who's supposed to be stoic, but is really a sweetheart. Kind of reminded me of that. Which isn't a bad thing. It just wasn't executed to the best of their ability. <clears throat> Finally, we have Jackson Whittemore. Perhaps the strangest character on this show. In regards to how he behaves. He is a jerk. The best way 
putting it. He is a jerk. But he's also a good jerk. That's not the way I want to phrase it. He's also a reliable jerk. He never seems to go through any character development. And in a show where character development is important in order to make it realistic, it felt like they should have had more for Jackson. Again, I think they had a plot point and couldn't go anywhere with it because in order to go somewhere with it, you would have to put effort, and so they dropped him too. Of course, he comes back in the sixth season, and I'll talk about the whatever happened in the sixth season because that just was its own thing. But it felt like Jackson was just dropped at the end of the second season. Second or third season, I think. I don't remember, honestly. I had to rewatch this show in order to remember certain things, particularly about the seasons themselves. The characters I tend to remember, but the seasons themselves not so much. And so I had to rewatch, and again, the vibe that I got from Jackson is that he's pretty arrogant and cocky, but he also didn't develop at all. And so that's kind of my feelings about the characters. So let's start talking about the seasons. Beginning with season one, season one was a great start to the show. It was a little slow at first, but again, they needed to have some exposition in there. And they needed to make it clear like, hey, this is how it kind of works out. But it was slow to start, but it was also pretty quick to end. Like, I think they ran out of episodes and were like, oh crap, we gotta end this soon. And so they just kind of shoved it all in one, in one episode. In a couple episodes, more likely. But it was a great start to show. They kind of started it off with that innocence and naivety that you would expect from a show in its youth. But uh, yeah, this, this the first season was pretty good. The villain was interesting, to say the least. I think this first season's villain was more or less not worthy of being the first season villain. He wasn't, they weren't, because it was two of them, they weren't compelling villains, but they weren't bad villains either. Again, first season, great start to a show. Second season. (coughs) (coughs) Second season Teen Wolf seems to be trying to replicate itself. Honestly, I don't think they knew what they were doing with the second season. Only that they wanted to have the same feeling. Which, the first season wasn't, as I've said. It was a great start to the show, but it was not the best way to keep the show going. So the second season maintained season one Teen Wolf without it being the first season. So it wasn't as compelling. It was almost too innocent in its second season but it was still a good plot the villain was actually enticing in this season i felt like i was actually afraid of the villain multiple times um i was also like 13 when i saw this so that might explain some of it but overall season two not remarkable in that it stood out from the rest of the seasons but it was a good second season And season three. Now, season three is split into two parts in that there's season three A and season three B, which makes sense. You guys can 
hopefully do the alphabet. But season 3A leads into season 3B. You can't have one without the other. I wish I knew that because I think I watched them backwards when I first started, so I had to rewatch them the first rewatch them in the correct order. Season 3A was a shift in a new direction. Oh dear. Was a shift in the new direction. Instead of focusing so much on innocence and naivety, the characters around Scott grew up. Scott himself did not seem to grow up. The characters did. The characters around him. Scott grew up a little bit. I mean, at the first episode, he seemed to be maturing. He seemed to be losing some of his innocence and naivety. He was going to get a tattoo. And, wait, was that the first season? Yeah, I don't know. It seemed like he was going to mature. And then, for some reason, like, the second episode was different. It no longer felt like Scott has was maturing. It felt like he was dematuring. Anyways, season 3A was a shift in a new direction. And it was, again, the removal of that innocence. They no longer relied so heavily on jokes. And they actually decided to try to do in-depth character development. And we mainly see that in Allison and Styles. We may see that more in Derek and all of them. But we didn't really see it so much in the main characters who I wish we would have seen it in. Because we've seen Styles, uh, Allison, Derek, Peter, all of them have character development. But it would have been cool to see Scott and Lydia because they're the final characters of the show who didn't. We also meet Malia in this in this season. Like, we truly meet her. And she is interesting, for sure. She kind of disappears and then comes up again later. Again, they have that habit of doing that. Instead of explaining where this character went, they kind of just drop it and then they come back. And then explain where they were. Okay. Would have been nice to know, but doesn't matter. This season, I liked season 3A. I enjoyed the plot. The villain was kind of interesting. Am I remembering these seasons right? Yes, I am. Season 3 was the Alpha Pack. I loved this season. Now I'm remembering. This season was amazing. Because it felt like this season had pacing. Like, it felt like they finally decided to look into who was doing the pacing and be like, oh, this is perhaps the, this, perhaps it's not so fun to have our beginning take too long and our ending be too fast. This season seemed to have some pretty good pacing. I enjoyed this season a lot. And now into season 3B. I also enjoyed season 3B. I think I enjoyed season 3 as a whole. Season 3 as a whole enjoyed it. What I enjoyed about season 3B though that I didn't really enjoy about season 3A was we got to see a main character become evil. I like seeing that. That's kind of a me thing though. I think it's kind of cool to see a main character or a character who is related to the main character become the villain because you can't make the same choices with the villain who is unrelated to you than someone who is. You're, you wouldn't 
make the same decision to harm your best friend that you would to harm a stranger who's trying to harm you. And so I just think it's interesting that they did that. (coughs) (coughs) So it was kind of cool to see that. I also liked how they gave some characters a break. The third season seemed like they were giving some characters a chance to kind of regain character. Scott was taking a break for a couple times. He didn't really take like a break like the whole season he was gone, but they did give him less time. And not to say that Scott is a bad character and he shouldn't be given screen time. It's more about we should have a balance of characters. Because Scott is the main character, but he's sharing his main character-ness with the other characters. And so it, it was nice to see the others. Um, that's all I really have to say about season three. Season four. I don't know how to respond to season four. When I first watched it as a young 13-year-old, that was the most incredible experience. To just sit back after the final episode and be like, what did I just watch? Because I remember it was a summer day, a nice warm summer day. I was inside watching Teen Wolf and I finished the last episode and it was like, do you want to continue? And I just pressed pause. It's like, I don't know how I feel. And that is season four for you. The whole season is a mess. I think that they fired their the people who were doing the writing and hired completely new people and gave them the bare minimum. Like, this is what has happened so far without telling them, like, the, the more important parts of the plot. They just gave them the basics and was like, have fun. And so the poor writers were like, what? I know that's not what happened, but I think it would be funny if that is what happened. And it would certainly make more sense. It felt like Teen Wolf was trying to get ahead of itself. Like, oh, wait, 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 we can do this. Let's make a crazy plot. And then couldn't execute it right. Again, pacing is an issue in this show. But this, the pacing seemed like they had all the action. Too much action. It was too much action. That is all I really need to say. There was also too many plots trying to compete with each other for main plot point. And so it just, every second you felt like you were at another new plot point. Oh, what's this? Huh? Derek is not a wolf anymore? He's 18, wait, what? Hold on. Kate is what now? Who is that? There's other packs out there? Hold on. That is how the show felt. That is the that is season four in a nutshell. I didn't remember season four at first, and now I remember why. I had to rewatch season four, so yeah. Now I know why I had to rewatch it. I think I just blocked it out of my memory. That's what happened. Next we have season five. Now I this season I remember the basics and I had to rewatch I rewatched all the seasons. But I had to rewatch this season hoping that this season was not going to be as crazy as season four. Thankfully, it wasn't. It felt like they realized their audience was a little upset about season four. 
So this season is a little more calm. Not in action, but is more calm in craziness of plot. It is more it is less far-fetched. Because season four was far-fetched. Season five was less far-fetched. This season bugged me so bad. Not not in necessarily that the plot bugged me, it was the characters. I wanted to smack Scott McCall so hard across the face. I usually, when it comes to shows, don't want to do that because that's just, they're fictional. I really wanted to in this show. Mostly because at this point, Scott has ignored Styles like 5,000 times and it was just getting old. Again, once or twice makes sense. You can't trust everyone. They're, they are teenagers too, so obviously they're never going to make the correct choice the first time. I shouldn't say they're never going to make the correct choice. They're never going to make the correct choice the first time, always. Nobody does. Teenagers are more likely to make mistakes, is what I'm saying. And as a teenager, I have firsthand experience in that. And so I understand making mistakes, but this was lazy writing. Every single season, Styles has it somewhat figured out. Not all the way. He certainly makes bad calls, but he at least knows who the threat is. Whereas Scott is like, da di da di da da di da di da Ooh, I'm going to make this call. Wait. And so that's kind of the whole show at this point. And so it was kind of annoying for another time. The reason the villain almost succeeded is because Scott didn't listen to Styles. Gets annoying really fast. But anyways, this show, the reason this season really made me want to slap Scott McCall was because the way he responded to any threat was lazy. He lost his self-confidence because his best friend was tired of him acting like a spoiled child? I'm sorry, what? Scott has had several chances to figure out that the villain is the villain, who the bad guys are, and he still messes it up? That made me upset. And it also is upsetting to see the characters in the show reacting in a way that is both unrealistic to humans, but also that is just lazy in writing. They could have written the plot better. They could have written the entire Donovan versus Styles thing so much better. Another point that I didn't even think about earlier is, my goodness, how many people are just disappearing from this show? Like, they're not killed. They disappear. Never talked about again. That number is insane. Like, There are so many characters who just disappear. Like, you don't know where they go. You don't even know if they'll come back. Most of them don't. I just wanted to bring that up really fast. We know where Donovan went. We know what happened to him. But still, he came out of nowhere. And that made me think of him. But the whole Donovan Styles Theo thing was just the most annoying aspect. Because miscommunication is fine when it's either funny or realistic. This was neither. Instead of asking Styles what happened, he goes, Theo, 
I trust you. You are not suspicious in any way. Styles, you who are my best friend, I do not like you. We are no longer best friend. That's kind of how that went. And it was just annoying. Oh, okay. Now that we've got season five out of the way, let's talk about season six. Another split one, there's season 6A and season 6B. Season 6A lost, actually, season 6 lost a lot of its, really what made the show the show. I think it lost kind of who it was, which is bad for a show, to lose the character that makes the show amazing. Teen Wolf lost its vibe for a little bit. And it started in season 6A and continued into season 6B until the end. I like to say that there are some characters who just make a show worth watching. And I think most people who've seen Teen Wolf would agree, Styles is that person. He is the character who makes the show shine. Who puts it above the other shows. If you ever watch some of the current Supernatural shows, you'll notice a theme in that they're either too much or too little. There's something about Styles that balances it all out. So it's nice to see that character, but it's unfortunate when they decide to remove that character. It's like Styles is the lifeblood of this show, and you're just going to remove him? And so season six, they removed it, and unfortunately, it was the most unpopular season, I believe. Other than season four, I think it was the most unpopular season from what I've seen from what I've heard personally and I would agree with that to a certain extent I think in regards to how the show progressed I think deleting styles not deleting making styles a lesser part of the plot was a bad choice just because he is a good character and they really needed to let him flourish especially after season three and if you've seen the show, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, you should go watch it. And so season six, I think, just lost its character. <clears throat> it's not horrible. The acting isn't bad. The characters aren't horrible. The plot isn't bad. And so it just doesn't have anything remarkable about it. It's just not unique. I could achieve the same level of emotion from watching, I don't know. I have to think of something that's slightly not boring. Uh, I can't think of anything. But, you know, kind of melancholy. Like, I don't feel horrible about it. <clears throat> it's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not the best. And so that's kind of my opinion on each of the seasons of this show. But who should watch this show? This was marketed for teenagers in 2008. And so I think that's the demographic that's going to enjoy this the best. I mean, adults, young adults may enjoy it more. I don't know. I liked it at 14. I think 13, 14, maybe 12. I would not suggest 12-year-olds watch this. 13 and up will be my guesstimate. So 13, 13 and up would be about where I would put this show just because there is themes in it, which is, I think, PG-13. 
maybe TV 14. I don't know the difference. I actually don't know how readings work very well, which is probably not a good idea. But anyways, <clears throat> oh dear. So this show is more for that 13 and up. There is explicit-ish material. Like nothing, it's kind of like Marvel. There is themes in the show that I would approach with caution, especially parents who are wondering if, oh, should I let my 13-year-old watch this? Approach with caution. I think if you're more strict, you may want to err on the side of maybe not. But if you don't really mind your child seeing, seeing more mature concepts explored, then yeah, the show is pretty good. And, again, I would not suggest anyone under 12. Definitely do not watch. This show is not for kids. It is for teenagers. It was marketed for teenagers. It seems to be more for teenagers. It's called Teen Wolf, which does bring up the question, why is it called Teen Wolf? And why do they not ever talk about it? That's beside the point. One thing I will say is that Take my review as a, as much older now, well, not much older, as being older now, I obviously had a different opinion than I did when I was 13. When I was 13, I loved this show. Didn't really think about its flaws so much. And which, when you're approaching any review, you should always think about that, is that when you first see it, you tend not to see flaws, especially when you're 13. My goodness, did 13-year-old me not see some of the stuff. But that's beside the point. Whenever you approach review, just remember to look at it from this person is reviewing from a specific vantage point. And I'm reviewing as a much older person who is reviewing it three years after I've seen it. For the first time. Not for the second time. I am now outside of the target demographic, I think. I think this was originally targeted for like 13 to 15 year olds. And the reason I say that is because of the cardboardish characters that when I was 13 were much more relatable than they are now. And that's another thing about reviews to think about is who is the target demographic? Because I've seen plenty of reviews who review a young adult book from a young adult, from an adult perspective rather than from a young adult perspective. Like, oh, there isn't complex characters. Well, I'm sorry if I don't want the complex characters that you want. And so just take that into account when you're approaching any review, including mine. Without further ado, goodbye and have a good day.